Welcome to JRoot Radio. This is the Halakha Hour on JRoot Radio on Wednesday afternoon, live at 2 p.m. on, I believe it's Chaf Bet, Chaf Bet Shvat, Mezat Hashem, Tavshin Ayn He. Let's first give you the numbers to the station, then an introduction to the class, and Mezat Hashem will go on straight into the class. Today's class is dedicated to the of Ayala Ghazale Bat Rima. As well as Rita Batfanya. Hashem should give both of them a speedy, full recovery, very, very soon. We should say Amen. The class today is going to be on the Hilchot of Shabbat. We're back to the Benish Hai. We're back to the discussions we're in the middle of, and that is the laws of Amiral Akum. Last week we took a break, it was Tubishbat. We're now back to the Halachot of Amiral Akum. What we could tell a Goy on Shabbat, what we cannot tell a Goy to do on Shabbat. Mazat Hashem, we will continue in from the Benish High inside. And these halachot, hopefully today, are much more practical. The cases, hopefully, Mazat Hashem, will be much more. I know the last time we spoke, the cases were a little bit complicated, but it's a Benish High class, I have to go through it. But today, Mazat Hashem, the halachot will be a little bit clearer. Numbers to the station are 718-683-5858 if you have a question. We always prefer that you call in after the end of a certain segment or towards the end of a class or after the class. This way we could answer you much better. We don't have to interrupt the class and take a question in the middle. <coughs> Sometimes the questions are answered in the class itself. Also, if you like to text in, that's probably the best way. I see the text right next to me. If I'm able to answer it, I'll answer it right away. If I'm not able to answer right away, Barzat Hashem will give you an answer. As soon as we finish our class, the text number is 347-927-8398. You could listen to this class also over the phone by calling 712-432-4217 or 718-506-9099. You could also view and watch this class live, live streaming that is with a video on jrootradio.com. Go to the website www.jrootradio.com. And of course, if you have the smartphone, you can always tap the app, JRoot Radio Pro app, and just listen. And if you're worried you can get a phone call, you get a phone call. JRoot Radio Pro app will go on low voice. You can answer your call and come right back to class. Like we said, these are we are now in the discussion of the halachot of Amiral Akum. What we can cannot tell the goy over Shabbat. In the halacha hour, in this time that we give the class, we try to. Besides, you know, obviously bring it from the Benish High, read from the Benish High, give you the source of the halakha, reasons, and then to try to bring some applicable cases, practical applicable cases in our days. We're up to halakha yudalit. If you look in your Benish High, Parashat Vayishlah, halakha yudalit, you'll see it's a long halakha. We are not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to read the part that's applicable to us, explain the halakha, and then we'll jump to... Halakha Tet Zayin, because that we did Tetvav last time. Those are keeping track. Let's begin. Asur leten ma'ot lenokhri me'arib Shabbat leknot lo Shabbat. As a general rule, we said, usually you should keep in mind if you're, you know, just coming in to the Halakha of Armel Akum, and those who, especially those who listened beforehand, you know by now that in general you have to assume that you cannot tell the Goy to do something that you cannot do. That's pretty much Halakha. When you're allowed to tell the guy to do something where you couldn't have done it, it's usually the exception. So therefore, anytime you miss Supak, even though you can tell me Safek de Rabbanan Lekula, this is not a case of Safek de Rabbanan Lekula. Safek de Rabbanan Lekula means when I have two different opinions, I can't decide 
because the halakha hasn't decided for me which opinion I should go like, so then we could we try to be lenient. In this case, where you don't know the halakha, it's not called the safik. In any case, if you're not sure what the halakha is when it comes to something on Shabbat, if you're allowed to tell a goy or not, assume that's a sur unless you heard otherwise. It sounds a little harsh, but that's the way it really comes out that way. There are exceptions, and those exceptions, if you heard it from a competent person, a person who knows what he's talking about, then you can follow it. If you just, if you assume I know what I'm talking about, then you can follow that. If you didn't hear from a person who knows what he's talking about, then don't follow it. Make sure you run it by a Rav who knows what he's talking about. And even in cases where it's mutar, you should know, as we're really going to explain later on, the Rav has to decide also if he will give the permission to allow the person to follow the hetir. What do you mean? Don't we have a shohan aruch? Well, you have to know, there's certain rabbanim where are poskim, they give psak halakha, they're not dealing so much with a kahal, they're not so much with a community. A rav who's dealing with a community, certainly a bigger community, and or even, he's dealing with his kahal, he has a, a, a kahal, that means he has a congregation, they all adhere to him, they follow him, he has a responsibility to take them, keep them on the track of Hashem in whatever way he feels is necessary. And sometimes even though there are leniencies in halakha, he may choose to go with a more stringent opinion. Or not even that, maybe not to go with the leniencies in halakha. Why? Because it may lead to other things. He has to know his customers, he has to know his clientele. Over the radio where we're speaking to everybody, we bring about certain exceptions, but again, you have to run it by your own rav. Perhaps he has a reason for being stringent in this area or may, whatever it may be. Let's come back over here now to the halakha that we're speaking about. You can't tell the goy to go buy you something on Shabbat. Why? Because you can't buy something on Shabbat. We learned that already. So you can't give money to the goy and tell him, listen, there's a sale in Macy's on Shabbat. I want you to go and buy me this thing. It's a one-day sale. And of course, they always love to make it on Shabbat when Jews can't buy. I don't know. Because they figure, anyway, we're going to bargain for it anyway. We're going to get the sale price. So they make the sale for the non-Jews. In any case, you can't tell the goy, go and buy me something on Shabbat. Likewise, you can have him sell your merchandise on Shabbat. If there is a flea market, if there is a place where many people are gathering, it's the Super Bowl and you want to sell your peanuts and you want to give it to a goy to go walk outside the Super Bowl. I know Super Bowl is on Sunday, whatever. If you're giving the goy your peanuts and you want him to go sell it or your newspapers extra, extra, and you're telling him go sell it over here on Shabbat, that's also Asur. Abal. However, there is an exception to this rule where the goy may be able to sell for you or may be able to buy for you. We're going to read from the Bnei and then we're going to specify clearly when it's mutar. However, if you did not command the goy to buy or sell your item or something for you on Shabbat, rather you gave it to him in the middle of the week, even though the goy himself on his own decides to buy or sell your merchandise to buy something for you, then on Shabbat, then it's mutar. However, there's, an there's a condition here that the Benishah brings. We're going to just 
say, speak out the condition of the Ben Yishai, but I'm telling you from now, there are four conditions for this halakha to be mutar. Ben Yishai just brings one, the other ones are should be understood, or you have to really look in the post scheme to understand it. The Ben Yishai explains that you have to make sure that the Goy does it on his own. Adata de These are Aramaic words. Adata ledat atzmo. He has to do it for his own sake, not for you. Remember, we mentioned several times already. Even if you don't command the goy, and certainly if you command, but even if you don't command the goy to do something for you, and he does it for you on his own, it's asur. However, if the goy does something for himself, you may derive benefit from it. There are limitations to this heter, but in general, if a goy does something where it's a one-shot deal, he does it for himself, and the Jew is going to get hana'ah, is going to get benefit from it, it's mutar. Let's give a short example. The goy walks into a dark room. For his own sake, he wants to read a letter that he has. He wants to read a book that he has. The room is completely dark. It's Friday night. It's 10 o'clock at night. Shekiah was at 6, which means it's Shabbat according to all opinions. And he puts on the light. Not for you. Not because he has to do work for you. He, has to, he wants to read his book. He finally got off from work. He, maybe it's your, it's your uh, shafhai. Maybe it's your uh, housekeeper. She wants to sit there and read a book. And now you walk in and you say, oh, you know, lights are on. I wanted to read what it says on the wall. I wanted to benefit from this light. It's mutar. The goy didn't do it for you. The goy did it for themselves. Here the housekeeper put on the light for herself so she could read. So since she didn't do it for you, you're allowed to have hana from it. Oh, but that was done on Shabbat, but it was not done for you. It was done for her. It was done for the sake of the goy. That's called adatad nafshay. If you make sure... That the goy is doing it for his own sake, even though he comes and he does it on Shabbat, then it's going to be mutar. How could this be mutar? We'll explain just soon. I just want to finish the words of the Ben Yishai so I could explain everything outside in a very orderly fashion. Let's continue. And Ben Yishai says, When we allowed you, to allow, we allowed you to benefit from the melachat that the goy has done for himself and by making sure that he gets paid for, which is adatad nafshe basically, where he, the goy is doing it for his own sake, by paying him for it, that's only if you don't force him to do it on Shabbat. What does that mean? Where the goy had the option of buying or selling your item during the weekday. Meaning, there is a four-day sale. The sale begins on Thursday, goes to Friday, Saturday, and the weekend, Sunday. And that's Saturday is Shabbat for us. Friday night is Shabbat for us. You tell the Goy, you give him money from Monday, and you say, listen, Mr. Goy, here's the money. I want you to go to Macy's and buy me this thing on sale. He could go on Thursday, he could go on Friday, he could go on Shabbat, he could also go on Motsa'e Shabbat, he could also go on Sunday. If the guy on his own decide to go on Shabbat, it's mutar for you to have that item that he bought you. Let's, let's use for argument's sake, you're buying a new fur coat. Not fur, you're an animal guy. Okay, fine. You're buying a wool coat. Okay, you're buying a brand new wool coat. It's usually $300 and they have it on sale for $50. You tell the guy, please, clearance. It's a four-day clearance sale. I want you to go buy me the coat. He could have purchased it during the weekday. Thursday, Friday, Shabbat, or Sunday. The guy decides on his own that he's going to go on Shabbat because, you know, it's easier for him. 
and uh, he's going to take his kids, or whatever it may be, for his own sake. And you paid him for it. He's not doing it just for you. You're paying him for it. You're telling him, listen, here is $50 for the coat. Here's another $10 for your shipping and handling. So now the goy on his own decides to go on Shabbat, then it's going to be mutar. However, if the goy does not have the option of buying during the weekday, that means the sale is only Friday night at 7 p.m. until Shabbat day at 4 p.m. Right on Shabbat. They don't want any Jews to come and buy. And you go ahead and you tell the goy, go buy it for me. Since you're forcing the goy to go and buy it on Shabbat, it's on Shabbat itself, it's going to be a problem. Everybody is Osir? Not everybody is Osir in this case. There are those who are a little bit lenient when you don't mention Shabbat. However, that's a heter, a kula, a leniency that the Benish himself brings later on from the not Kohen, but Yosef. I'm only saying this very quickly for those who basically are going to learn the books inside so they'll know a little bit what to look up. But for our sake at least, most of the Ahronim, most of the later authorities have ruled like the way Ben Shai rules over here. That is, if you're forcing the Goy to buy it on Shabbat, well, that means he has no other option to buy it except for Shabbat. Even if you pay him for his effort, if you pay him for his shipping and handling, it's still going to be a problem for you to benefit from his Melacha. Okay, now let's summarize the Halacha outside. A goy cannot be told to do an isud rabbanan for you, just like buying and selling. He cannot buy something for you. You cannot take your merchandise and sell it for you on Shabbat. That is if you commanded him. However, if you didn't command him to do it for you on Shabbat, and he did it on his own, it might be mutar in the following case. One, with the following conditions. You need basically four conditions when you want to go to do something, if a goy is going to do something for you on Shabbat, you need four conditions. And you need all these four conditions. If you don't have these four conditions, it's going to be a problem. What are they? Number one, condition number one is, uh, again, we're going to use the mashal just to make it easier for us. We're going to use the mashal of buying an item that's on sale in a store. Okay? So you want to buy this new jacket that's on sale in Macy's. And uh, you can't get it because it's on, you can't get it because whatever you can't get it for. So now you want to tell the goy, buy it for me. Number one is you have to pay the goy for the job, not per day, but per job. Meaning, in this case, you want him to buy the coat. So you tell him, I'm going to give you $10 when you buy me the coat. That's condition number one. If you don't pay him for it, he decides to volunteer on his own to give it to you. That's going to be a problem. You must pay him for his effort. That's number one. Number two, now, some people are asking, why is it that you have to pay the goy for his job? That's called ketzisat sachar. And the answer is, when you pay him for it, when you tell the goy, hey, Mr. Goy, I'm giving you $10 for your job, then why is the goy buying it? Not for you. He's buying it for himself. He wants the $10. He wants to earn the $10. So that makes it that he's doing it for himself, at least. Okay. Number two, condition number two is, you cannot force him to buy it on Shabbat. For example, you can't tell him, go on Saturday and buy the coat for me, the jacket for me on Saturday. You're telling him to do on Shabbat. That's Asur. Also, you cannot force a means, like we said, like the way, even though like we said, there's a mahlokit over here, but majority of the Haronim hold that you cannot corner him that he could only buy it on Shabbat. Meaning, if the sale is only on Shabbat, you're not giving him any other option, 
that's not mutar, even though you don't mention Shabbat. If you tell them, go buy me this jacket, which is on $50, it's on sale for $50 by Macy's, and the sale is only on Shabbat, it's also going to be a problem. You have to give him an option to be able to do it either before Shabbat or after Shabbat. So let's say it's a two-day sale. It's Friday and Shabbat. And the goy has the option. He could have won Friday, even though I know he probably will go Shabbat because it's easier for him. Who cares? I gave him the option. He could have won Friday. He could have won Shabbat. I'm paying him $10 for his job, for his effort. Okay, so far I'm good. I'm doing, I have fulfilled these two conditions. I'm paying him for it and I'm not forcing him to do it on Shabbat. Condition number three, if the goy is doing something that's asur, it cannot be done in your house. So... In this case, happens to be it's Macy's. Macy's is not your house, so you don't have the issue. But in a case where you're going to say, you know what, let me allow the goy to tailor my jacket for me. I'm going to get my, you know, happens to be my housekeeper used to be a seamstress in her old country, and now I wanted to, you know, take in the dress. I'm paying her for it. I'm paying her extra. I'm telling her, listen, I'm going to give you an extra $20 if you do my dress. You, she could have done it anytime she wants, but if she's doing it in your house, in your property, that is asur. You cannot allow her to do it in your property. In the mashal that we're using where the goy is buying it from Macy's and Macy's is not your house, so you don't have such an issue. Number four, condition number four, even when we allow the goy to do something in his own house, it cannot be something where the job that he's doing is connected to the ground, like building a house or dinghy house. Now, these, this last condition really... Uh, is going to be much more in detail, Parashat Tiruma. I don't want to spend time on it, but these are the four conditions that one could tell the Goy to do something for him. Even though the Goy may do it on Shabbat, it'll be Mutar when when you have these four conditions. Condition number one, you're paying the Goy for his job. Condition number two, you're not forcing him to do it on Shabbat. He has the option to do it before or after Shabbat. Condition number three, it's not being done in your house. And finally, condition number four, it's not a job which is, he has to do his work where it's connected to the ground. Well, for example, real, you know, he has to work in the real estate. He has to do melacha like building or uh, fixing up a wall, painting a house, and etc. Let's give you now some practical ex- uh, cases and explain why they're mutar. You have a car, has a problem, and you need to take it to the mechanic. Your mechanic is a non-Jew. And by the way, this only applies to non-Jews. If you want the goy to do something for you, you can't take your mechan- your car to a mechanic to a Jew who doesn't keep anything. You say, hey, listen, anyway, he lives like a goy. He's doing it anyway. He's open anyway. No, you cannot do that. It's still a avira. This is only true by a goy. So now you have a problem with your car. You need the car, I don't know, you need new axles, you need new uh, steering wheel, you need to, to rotate the tires. All these are melachot. Fixing the car and all these things are melachot. So you want to give it to your mechanic and you want to drop it off on Friday. Mutaro Asur. The answer is, are you giving him enough time to be able to fix it? Let's say it takes two hours for your car to be fixed. So you can drop it off five minutes before Shabbat and it, and tell him I need it to, have, to be ready five minutes after Shabbat because it doesn't take 10 minutes for the car to be fixed. You have to give him enough time that he's able to fix your car. Two hours. You have to give him at least two hours either before Shabbat or after Shabbat. So therefore, if I drop off my car to a mechanic and I tell him, listen, I'm picking up on Tuesday and all it takes him is one or two hours, even though I may know that he's going to do it for me on Shabbat, 
doesn't make a difference. It's not my job. I'm, it's not my business. It's his problem. I'm paying him $300 to fix my car. So that's condition number one. Number two is I'm giving him, I'm not forcing him to do it on Shabbat. I'm giving him time to do it before or after Shabbat. Number three is he's not doing it in my house. It's his garage. And number four is it's a car. It's not something that's attached to the ground. Therefore, it will be mutar. Give you another case for the ladies. Ladies don't chop off the car by the mechanic. And if they do, let me speak to your husbands. Got to fix up the husbands. Anyway, the next case is you're giving your clothes to the dry cleaners on Friday. You have a wedding on Tuesday or Wednesday. You're giving your dress or your shirts or your suit. You're giving it to the dry cleaners and you need it to have cleaned. So how long does dry cleaning take? An hour, two hours. I don't know how they do it, but I'm assuming two, three hours. You're giving them enough time. You're dropping it on Friday, even though it's right before Shabbat, but you're allowing, you're giving them time. They're telling you, come back by Wednesday. Right? They always give you like three, four days later. And we all know it takes them 10 minutes, but still, they tell you, come back four or five days later. Fine. It's good. It's mutar. But I, 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 I know they're going to work on it on Shabbat because nobody's coming into the store on Shabbat. It's in the Jewish neighborhood. But still, since they have ample time to do it after Shabbat, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, they're telling me to come Thursday. I don't know, whatever. That's up to them. Mutar. I'm paying them for the job. I'm not forcing them to work on Shabbat. It's not being done in my house. And it's a dress. It's a suit. It's not connected to the ground. Third example is what we mentioned already. Where you need, where you're having a tailor, a non-Jewish tailor, tailor your suit, or you know, take in a dress and or tailor in a dress, whatever it may be. Again, mutar to give it to them on Friday, if you give them time to be able to fix it, even after Shabbat. So, if I need my cuffs on my pants, if a lady needs her dress to be taken in, and you give them time to work on it either before or after Shabbat, you're paying them for the job. It's not being done in your house. Like we mentioned before, it cannot be done in your house. If your housekeeper knows how to do it, she's going to be doing it in your house, it's a problem. If she wants to take it home, let her do it in the house. But even though she's going to do it in her house on Shabbat, again, you're giving her time to do it. She could have done it in your house on Friday or done it in your house on Thursday. She decides to take it to her house and do it on Shabbat. That's her business. It is mutar. These are the halakhot for this. Uh, for this halakha, I mean to say the practical halakhot with these four conditions. I hope we give enough examples. I see a question here on the text. I ask you if you're still listening, it just I, you know to help me out over here. What do you mean when you say, what about sending mail? I don't understand exactly the question you want me to answer. So go ahead and uh, retext your question in a little bit clearer, please. Just understand the question. What, is, what about sending mail on Shabbat? I don't know what you mean. Let's go on now to halakha tetzayin. Now, this is really a halakha that has nothing to do with telling goyim on Shabbat, but it's here because it's in Siman Shin Zayin, and we haven't done it yet, and we have to finish uh, the parasha. We already did the last halakha, which is Yud Hed in Yutet. Already we did it. We spoke about Dabir Dabar and Metzohav Zecha. So over here, this halakha is brought down Shin Zayin. It's talking about Jews and Jews dealing with Jews on Shabbat. And um, okay, we'll we'll explain it, and we'll come back again to the next halacha, which is a big halacha in the laws of Amir Akum. Let's say you want to borrow something from your friend on Shabbat, and a person who's lending you the item doesn't trust you. He says, "Listen, how do I know I'm going to get it back?" You go to somebody's house, and he says, "Listen, it's freezing outside. May I borrow your jacket?" You say, "Ugh." 
We're doing this again every year. You take my jacket and I have to buy a new one the next season. I know what's going to happen. No, no, no. I promise I'll bring it back on Sunday. Uh, I don't know. You said that last year and two years ago. And th- Listen, we're neighbors, but I'm, I'm, I don't own a jacket store. Boy, buy yourself a jacket. So the guy doesn't trust you. He's not going to let you take his jacket on Shabbat unless you give, leave a collateral. Leaving collateral, is that, is that like a payment or something? Is that mutar on Shabbat? Says the Ben Yishan, that's Al-Khan Shohan Aruch. You could keep a collateral. But you have to be careful in how you speak and how you deal with it. Don't say, okay, here is my watch as a collateral for your jacket. Don't say that. That's like a, that's the way business is done, right? It's a trade. I give you something, you give me something back. True, today in our days, we don't do trading, but it happens to be there. Online, you could do still some trading, but still, that's a way, that's the way you do it during the weekday. What you could do, however, what you could do is, you could leave over your watch without saying anything. It says, I can't, I don't know, I don't trust you, you can take my jacket again, I'm giving it back. Say, listen, I'm going to leave my watch over here. You're not saying anything. So I'm leaving my watch over here. If I want to leave my watch somewhere, can I do it? Yeah, I could do it on Shabbat. So I'm not saying this is my watch as a collateral. He understands my watch is here, which means I'm going to bring you back my jacket in order to get my more expensive watch. That's fine. That's mutar on Shabbat with the following condition. Says the Benishai, what is that condition? When can I leave something over as a collateral when I'm not expressively, when I'm not expressing that it is a collateral? Says the Benishai, that's only if I'm borrowing from my friend on Shabbat, another Jew, if I'm borrowing something that is for the sake of Shabbat, like food, drinks, uh, clothing. But if I'm borrowing something that's not for the sake of Shabbat, let's say I want to take, I know something I need, um, I need. Uh, what do you call it? The, the trays, serving bowls. Why? You have guests on Shabbat? No, actually, I'm having a nice party on Shabbat. A lot of people are coming over. It's a big Malavimalka. So that's not for Shabbat. That's what after Shabbat. Even though, you, let's say, you're in the case where you don't have a problem of Ayruv. Okay? You don't have a problem of carrying on Shabbat. You can't leave over much. You could borrow something. That's fine. Okay? There's nothing wrong with taking a dish in the, in the area where you have a problem with Ayruv. I mean to say, an area where you don't have a problem of carrying. There's nothing wrong with taking a dish to your house, but to leave over collateral for it, that's going to be a problem. That already looks like you're buy, like it looks like you're buying it, even though we both know you're just borrowing it and leaving it collateral. So it's not being used for Shabbat itself. They were not matir. Okay, but we did learn from this halacha something very important. You're allowed to take something from other Jews on Shabbat. Again, in an area where there is no problem of carrying, there is a kosher ayruv, it's, it's, it's a private property, whatever, you, whatever the case may be, you're allowed to carry from one place to, to, you're allowed to take something from your friend, even though, by the way, that may be his job. I'll give you a few examples. Let's say you need to get some groceries. What does that mean? You need some tomatoes, you need some oranges, and you want to take from your neighbor. You live upstairs, they live downstairs, or vice versa, and you need to borrow some, you're not borrowing, you're taking, <laughs> you're not giving back the tomato, right? You're taking the tomato, you're taking the orange, and you're using it for Shabbat. You're allowed to take it? Yeah, there's nothing wrong, they're giving me something on Shabbat. Let's say that's his job, he is the uh, mini-mart owner, and he has all these uh, uh, sodas and drinks in his house, yeah, but he uses them also. 
So let's see, he uses them also. He's allowed to give it to me. Uh, he's allowed to give it to me. And if he wants to work out the money later on after Shabbat, that's already a different issue. That's already, but I'm not buying it from him on Shabbat. He's giving it to me right now on Shabbat. I can use it. Same thing will be if I'm taking medicine from a pharmacist. Now this is not a black and white. I mean to say, in an area where medicine is mutat to be taken on Shabbat, for example, antibiotics. Antibiotics, if you're prescribed or if you're told that you have to take antibiotics, you're allowed to take it on Shabbat. So, in that case, where a person has to take antibiotics and the kids went and took the, all the antibiotics and flushed it down the toilet because they like to see how the pills float in water and then disappear. It's a real magic show for the kids, right? And they decide to do it with your $200 bottle of antibiotics. Now you don't have your antibiotics on Shabbat and you need it because you have to take it six days and if you don't, it's going to come back. So you go over to your neighbor who is not a problem, who's in your uh, enclosed area, it's not a problem of carrying and you ask him, can I please have some antibiotics from your house? You're allowed to take from him the antibiotics, even though he's a pharmacist and he carries a medicine, he sometimes works out of the house, you're allowed to take it from him on Shabbat. You can't talk money, you can't leave over something as a uh, as a collateral for trusting if you're saying that's a collateral. You may leave something behind just a reminder, but you cannot speak, you cannot use terminologies that imply that you're buying it. Say, can I have some medicine? You can say, can I have some oranges? Can I have some tomatoes? But the words, have to, you have to be very careful. You can take an item, you have to be careful with your words that it shouldn't sound like you're purchasing the item. It shouldn't sound like there's a buying and selling going on. That is Halakhat Zayin. We move on now to Halakhat Yud Zayin. And this is really a short Halakha in the Benish Hai, but it's a huge Halakha in what? It's a huge Halakha in, 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 in all the poskim. Because the details and the the uh, the applications of it are, are, are a lot, huge. So we're not going to read it from the Minish High yet. We are going to start with a background, a huge background. I mean to say we're going to start from the Gemara, go on to the different opinions, to the Shuhan Aruch, and hopefully discuss each part in clear in a clear way and if you don't you don't understand something we ask you please to call in or to text in your question the numbers are 347-927-8398 text in your question text in any comment that uh we need to clarify a little bit more and if we didn't get to it yet just have a little bit of patience hopefully we'll get to it next halakha speaks about a famous heter where you're allowed to tell a goy to do something on shabbat known in the post scheme as shbut Dishbut. Okay? Shput Before we come to start talking about the background, let's first translate. What is shput? Shput means any, it's a terminology, it's a halakhic terminology which is used for anything that's asur midirabanan. Things that we cannot do on Shabbat which are rabbinic, which are made by the rabbis that we can do, which by the way is the majority of Hulchot Shabbat. That is known as Shibut. No matter how they come in, that's called a Shibut. Shibut de Shibut means when there's a double Dirabanan taking place, two actions which are Dirabanan taking place, in order for my intended act to be completed. Meaning, we're learning so far up to now, we have learned a lot about the what you could tell the Goy, you cannot tell the Goy. We've 
stressed it a few times that according to Halakha, telling a goy on Shabbat to do something for you is a violation it's Tamina Torah. With the Halakha, Psak Halakha, according to most of the opinions, and this is Suhan Aruch as well, is that to command a goy to do something for you on Shabbat is an Isud Rabbanan. Which means anybody who tells a goy to do something for him on Shabbat that he could not have done, he is doing an Isur Shbut. So instead of saying Rabbanan, he could say Shbut. Now, what have you told the goy to do for you? If you told the goy to put on the fire on the stove, Lighting a fire on Shabbat is an Isud Deoraita. This is actually the only Melacha Midoraita that's clearly expressed in the Pasuk. Do not put on the fire. If a Jew comes over and tells a Goy, put on the fire on Shabbat. So the Jew didn't put on the fire. So that means the Jew didn't commit an Isud Deoraita, but he told the Goy to do an Isud Deoraita. Means I've done a Shbut. I've done an Isud Rabbanan. Of what? Of commanding the goy to do an Isudoraita. Now, what if I tell the goy to do something that's a sur midderabanan? What does that mean? Like, let's say, mukse. Mukse is also midderabanan. Hakamimur gozer of certain items that should be in the category of mukse. In fact, next parasha, parasha Maketz, is, and the one afterwards, parasha Vayigash, in the Benish High, discuss the laws of mukse in depth. We'll probably only get up to that after the holidays of Pesach because already from next week, I think we have to jump right to Lachot of Purim. And then from Purim, we jump right away into Lachot of Pesach. And after Pesach, Sfirat Omer, And then we come back already to the Lachot of Muqsa. In any case, let's come back over here. What about a case where a person is commanding Goy to do a Sudra Banam He tells a Goy has, a, let's say you have a, what's it called? Um, I'm trying to think what's Muqsa. Let's say you have... Your phone, that's a good example. You have your phone, you have your smartphone, it's expensive, and it, you have it in a, in a place where your kids could get to it. You tell the guy, could you please move the phone and put it somewhere else? That's called shboot de shboot. I'm telling the guy, which in itself is in the Suda Rabbanan, to move my phone for me. Moving the phone is asur because it's... Mukse, the phone is Mukse, and by me moving it, it would have been an Isud Rabbanan. Here I'm committing two Rabbanans. I'm telling a goy to do an Isud Rabbanan. That's called Shbut de Shbut. Good? Now, we want to know, what is the deen of this Shbut de Shbut? An answer is that <clears throat> there are cases where we find that Shbut de Shbut would be permitted on Shabbat. Not all cases of Shbut de Shbut is permitted on Shabbat. There are specific cases. Shbut to Shbut means to say, if I tell a goy to do an Isur that's only rabbinic on Shabbat, it would be permitted in specific cases. What are those cases? Well, let's begin from the Gemara. Now, 15 minutes, hopefully, we'll go through the Gemara, the Rishonim, the different opinions on this Gemara, and the Halakha and Shohan Aruch, and some short examples. Hopefully, you can squeeze that in all in 15 minutes. And next week already, we'll discuss this Halakha in much more depth. Gemara Masechet Arubin Daf Samech Zayin Amud Bet. If you want to look it up, towards the bottom, the Gemara says that one time there was a child. It was a day of his Brit Milah, and what happened is they had hot water that was there that was being warmed up from before Shabbat, boiling hot water, which obviously they mixed it with a little bit of cold water in order to wash up the baby before prior to the Milah. And what happened is that the hot water spilled. They came. 
and they told Rabbi in the Gemara. So Rabbi tells them, okay, listen, I go to my house, I have some hot water, go bring the kid some hot water from my house. So they told him, one second, uh, we didn't make Iruv this week. Mean to say, we all share a courtyard together, and when you have different owners, different Baalei Batim sharing one property, you must make an Iruv together. We didn't make an Iruv this week. So how do you tell them? You can't carry that. means it's a, it's a shared driveway. It's a shared backyard. I can't take from your house, take it outside through the backyard into, our, into the house of here with the child. We didn't make an Iruv. So the rabbi says, rabbi says, okay, do it through a goy. Go tell the goy to do it. Go tell the goy to take the hot water from that, my house and to bring it into this house. Why? Because carrying in an area where there's no Iruv means to say where the backyard is over here. This is a closed area, but still, there's no Iruv. We didn't make a, uh, we didn't join all the houses together through Nairuv. Carrying in it is a Sudra Banan. To tell the Goy to carry, in general, commanding Goy to do something for you is a Sudra Banan. Over here, he's carrying the hot water from the rabbi's house into the child's house. It's Shbut the Shbut. Okay, now the Gemara has a question on it, back and forth. In general, we hold that you cannot do an Isud Rabbanan for a child, for, excuse me, for an Isud Raita, for, for Mizvad Raita. The Gemara explains whatever it explains over there. But the Maskana, the conclusion of this Gemara is that you see a Goy was commanded, and the Zahalacha, a Goy was commanded to carry something in an area which is only forbidden Midrabanan to bring it to the child's house. This is the Gemara. Question is, what halakha do we derive from this Gemara? So we have three main uh, three main approaches in halakha. Now, I mean to say, there are different ways to explain the Gemara, but the halakhic differences between them are three. The three approaches in halakha to this Gemara, we'll start with the first one. The first one, which basically is the most stringent explanation of the Gemara, is the opinion of the Tosafot, the Ramban, and the Rashba. They explain that this Gemara, what happened in this Gemara is that a goy carried hot water for the sake of a child who was about to be circumcised. Why did? Why was it permitted? He's, you're telling the goy to do an isud banan. You can't carry the hot water, so why is it permitted to tell the goy to do it? We learn you can't tell the goy to do anything that you can't do. So these Rishonim explain that it was only permitted because it was a special case. It was a case where the mitzvah was a mitzvah of Brit Milah. And what's so special about Brit Milah? Well, the Torah tells us, On the eighth day, you could do circumcision. What do you mean on the eighth day? We already know that eighth day you, you do circumcision. The Gemara comes the Gemara and tells us, even if a baby is born on Shabbat, which means that his eighth day in his life will be on a Shabbat, you could circumcise him also on Shabbat. Milah doha Shabbat. The mitzvah of Brit Milah is so important that it pushes away Shabbat. Meaning to say, the Mohel is allowed to cut the Olah, he's allowed to make an incision, he's allowed to uh, basically allow, otherwise it would have been an Isud de Oraita, he's allowed to do this on Shabbat. Why? Because for the sake of Mzvah of Mila. With that in mind, comes the Tosaf and explains this Gemara. The Gemara that allowed us to take hot water for the sake of a child who's about to be circumcised, you know why it was mutar? Because it was a mitzvah of milah. But you can't do this for any mitzvah. 
You can't go ahead and start saying, you know, let me tell a go to do an Isud No, only for the sake of Milah or in the case where a person is sick. That's already a different category also. A person who's sick, Hakamim will matir. But otherwise, you can't tell a go to do something for you, whether it's Deoraita or Dirbanan. That's the opinion of these Rishonim. Tosafot, Raman, and as well, of course, as others who go on these Shita. The next explanation, a second understanding of this Gemara is the opinion of the Rambam. The Rambam says, that this Gemara is basically sending us the model. It's a model for all cases. It happened to be that the case in the Gemara where they brought the hot water was for the sake of Brit Milah. But it's a formula. The Gemara is giving us a formula. If you tell a Goy to tell another, excuse me, if you tell a Goy to do an Isud de Rabbanan for the sake of a mitzvah, it's mutar. The Gemara's case was a mitzvah of Milah. It could have been any mitzvah really. So therefore, says the Rambam, if you want to tell a goy to do an isur de rabbanan, like climbing the tree, you know, you can't climb a tree on Shabbat. It's asum de rabbanan though. You were worried that you might break a branch off of it. So therefore, Achim, he said, you can't climb a tree, you can't lean on the tree on Shabbat. That's halakha lema'aseh. It's asum de rabbanan. Let's say on top of the tree, there is a, I don't know how this happened, but there's a Sefer Torah, that you need to bring down an order that you should read in front of the kahal on Shabbat, you're allowed to go, you're allowed to tell the goy, go up the tree. Now, climbing the tree is Asumid Rabbanan. I'm telling the goy, which is usually Asumid Rabbanan, it's okay. Shbut the Shbut, I'm telling the goy, which is one Asumid Rabbanan, to do another Asumid Rabbanan, which is called Shbut the Shbut. Let's Mizvah, I need the Sefer Torah right now to read it in the Tzibut, to read it in Shul. That is Mutar on Shabbat. But that's not the case of the Gemara. The Gemara is a case of Brit Milah. Still, the Rabbam understands that when the Gemara says Milah, it doesn't mean only Brit Milah. It means any mitzvah, as long as you're only doing Isur de Rabbanan by telling the Goy to do an Isur de Rabbanan. That's called Shbut de Shbut Letzorech Mitzvah. Which is usually Isur de Rabbanan to do an Isur de Rabbanan for the sake of mitzvah. That's the opinion of the Rambam. There's a third understanding of this Gemara. And that is, I believe, the Bahag, but it's the Aitur for sure, who's brought down the Halakha. The Baal Aitur is one of the Rishonim. He understands it the most lenient way. He says, you see from this Gemara, to tell a Goy on Shabbat to do something asur is mutar when it's being done for the sake of any mitzvah. Any mitzvah. Actually, the ba- it's not the bag, it's the Aitur. The bag has a different, sorry, something else. The Aitur explains that, look, the Gemara told us that you're bringing hot water, you're carrying hot water for the sake of a child, for the sake of Brit Milah. Happens to be, in the case of the Gemara, the, the happens to be was only Isur Dirbanan. But otherwise, says the Aitur, any Isur, even if the Isur is Deoraita, according to the Aitur, it will be permitted for the sake of Mitzvah. Which means, according to the Aitur, I'm not saying this is Halakha, according to the Aitur, he would say that if you need to cook something on Shabbat, and let's say you you need it, so it's very, very important because you would not be able to fulfill the mitzvah of, let's say, Saudat Shabbat. How about this? You need to have Saudat Shabbat. You need to have a Saudat on Shabbat, right? You need to have bread. The dough is ready, and the oven is on, and now there's a problem because the bread is still dough. You don't have bread. So you, according to the Aitur, it's not that according to the Aitur, you can tell the Goy, please bake the bread for me. Please bake the bread for me, assuming the bread in its dough state was not uh, was not mukse. You can tell him, go bake the bread for me. Why? Because 
it's being done for the sake of mitzvah. I'm not telling him to do it for no reason. I'm just, you know, I just want to snack on the bread. It's the mitzvah of Sarudat Shabbat. That's how the Atur understands the Gemara. Those are the three opinions. The Ramban, the Rashban, the Tosafot, which are very mahmir, who say, even Shbut Shbut, even telling you go to do an Isud is only permitted for the sake of Mizvat Milah, or Holi, or somebody who's very not feeling well. The Rambam who holds Shbut Shbut is always Mutar for the sake of a Mizvah. And the Aitur who holds any time to tell a Goy for the sake of Mizvah is Mutar. Halakha, who do we hold like? Let me read the words of Shohan Aruch in Siman Shin Zayn, Halakha Hey. This is a Halakha. And Halakha says, Dabar, She'eno Melakha, Ve'eno Asul Asato Bashabat, Elam Shum Shbut, something which is not Asul Middeoraita, and it's only forbidden because it's Derabanan, Mutal Israel Lomar Legoi La Asato Bashabat. A Jew may command the Goy to do it on Shabbat. When vehu sham, as long as in this case, as long as you tell him in the following three areas. Number one, shehiyesham muksat holy. There has to be a little bit of sickness. Or that you need very much the thing to be done for you on Shabbat. Or for the sake of a mitzvah. All of a sudden, when we read this word of Shohanuch, by the way, which are word for word from the Rambam, we're introduced to another two heterim. We said, from the Gemara, it seems like you're allowed to tell the Goy to bring the hot water for you from one from the one house to another because he's only carrying in an area which is forbidden with Banan, his backyard, even though it doesn't have an Ayruv. And we said it's caused for the sake of a mitzvah. In the words of the Rambam, he brings soundly mitzvah. He learns from that Gemara. The Gemara is talking about not only for the sake of mitzvah, the child was before circumcision, which means he was a little bit sick. He was mitzvah. He needed to be washed in hot water. Also, he says, he felt it was very, very necessary for the child to be washed. Maybe he wasn't even sick. That's the way the Menachem Kohen explains him. So, the Rambam tells us, in three areas, I'm allowed to do shbut to shbut. What are the three What are the three areas? Number one is, there's a little bit of a sickness. Number two is, it's very, very necessary. Number three is, for the sake of a mitzvah. Comes now the Shohan Aruch and brings us a few examples. Ketzad. Omei se'el goy b'shabbat la'alot ba'ilan le'habi shofar l'tkowa t'ka'at mitzvah. A goy could be commanded on Shabbat by a Jew to climb up the tree to bring down the shofar so we could blow with it. What does that mean? Well, blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah is a mitzvah. So I'm telling the goy, go up the tree, which is Asubid Rabbanan, and bring down with you the shofar so we can fill the mitzvah of, of blowing the shofar. So here is the Shabbat Shabbat. I'm telling the goy, which is Asubid Rabbanan, to climb, the, the, climb up the tree, which is also Asubid Rabbanan, for the sake of bringing down the shofar, which is a mitzvah. Shabbat Shabbat is talking mitzvah. That's one case. Another case uh, Shohan Aruch brings us, or to bring hot water, like the case of the Gemara, to bring hot water through an area where it's forbidden to carry only midrabanan for the sake of a person who's not feeling well. Okay? That's a person who's mitzayir. These are the words of Shohan Aruch. However, the Shohan Aruch concludes with the following two words, Osrin. 
Even though we told you it's mutar ve'yesh osrin. Who's the yesh osrin? We already learned. That's the opinion of the Tosafot, the Ramban, and Rashba. So Maran brings the Shohan Aruch, Estam ve'yesh. Estam means he rules this way, and then he also tells you, by the way, ve'yesh osrin. It's not so simple to be so lenient. Yesh osrin as well. Fine. The Ramah over there on that point writes two things. Number one is he says that Shohan Aruch in Hilchot Shofar rules like the opinion who's lenient. That means he doesn't bring Yesh Osrin over there. He also mentions that there are those opinions who are even more lenient. Maran doesn't bring that opinion, the Aitur, who's so lenient to say that you could tell a go to do an Isur Deraita. The Ramad does say there is somebody who is also more lenient. Look in the Alchot of Resh Vav. Those Alchot, we'll talk about them in a different time. We can't discuss them now. But that's the Ramad on that. So what comes out basically from this Alchot, it's going to Shohan Aruch. In fact, seems to be also that way of the Ramad over here. That Shbut to Shbut, they're going with the Rambam. Mean to say, Shbut to Shbut is mutar for the sake of a mitzvah. You're allowed to tell a goy to do something for you that's asudir banan for the sake of either a mitzvah or important so necessary. And number three is if there's a little bit of sickness. All these three cases, by the way, will be discussed in full detail by Zat Hashem next week. We just don't have the time to. We're just listing them this week. I want to. I want to give you a few examples. But before I give you a few examples, I want to point out something very important. All this halacha of shbut shbut is not lechat hella. What mean to say, you cannot set up your Shabbat where you're forced to come and tell the Goy to do this for you on Shabbat. If you could take care of it before Shabbat, you have no permission to go ahead and do it on Shabbat. Meaning, uh, let's say, for example, one of the cases we'll, we're going to, you know, let's go through the examples and, uh, and then we'll talk what, what I mean. Oh, uh, you know, let, let's let's first do this. Actually, let me tell you what I mean. Okay, the halakha says, in, for example, when it comes to brit milah, let's say you know the child needs hot water, okay, and you you know that he's going to need the hot water to be bathed with before the milah. Let's say in the case of the gemara, so you can't say, you know what, my neighbor has hot water. I didn't make an roof. Okay, don't worry. I'll worry about it on Shabbat. On Shabbat, I'll tell a goy to go carry the hot water from my neighbor's house and to bring it into my house. That cannot be done. You have the shofar on top of the tree. You say, no, it's Friday. Why should I go climb? climb? My goy is going to come tomorrow. Let me ask the goy to climb up the tree and bring it down. You can't do that. You could have done it on Friday. You can't delay it now on Shabbat to use this leniency of Shabbat Shabbat. Shabbat Shabbat is a leniency. Meaning to say, it's only mutar when it's necessary. But if you could take care of it from beforehand, that you shouldn't have to come to Shbutish Boot, you must take care of it beforehand. Uh, these are not my words. These are the words of Mishnah Berurah. In two places, look in Siman Reshun Hey, Sif Katan Aleph, and in Siman Shin Lamed Aleph, and on the Shohan Aruch Sif Vav. Let's give you a few examples, and this will conclude. And then afterwards, if you have any questions, please call in. We're here for a few more minutes to answer your questions. And certainly, if you text, by, uh, we'll answer your questions as well. Let's give you a few examples. Uh, examples. Sometimes you go to a hotel, and not sometimes, but that's the way to get into the hotel. You need to get in with this special uh, key. The key is not a regular key. It's like a credit card, and you slide it in. It's called a magnetic door, and then it sends off like a digital sign and recognizes your key and opens your door. What do you do on Shabbat now? How do you come into your room on Shabbat? And the answer is, this is how you come in. Either by 
if you trust yourself, whatever it is, either by locking up the door from beforehand, mean to say that you make sure that it doesn't close, so this way you can walk in and out of your room on Shabbat, assuming again that it's safe and all the other things, you're not running away from anybody, whatever it may be. But if you're stuck on Shabbat in such hotels where you, if you walk out of your room, you cannot come back in unless you use the card. You may ask from one of the workers of the hotel to take your card and open the door for you. Of course, you have to try to, it's better to set this up from before Shabbat. That's one example. Another example is you have a lot of merchandise sitting in your backyard. You couldn't bring them into the house. Whatever reason, you keep them out. It's a summer. And all of a sudden, you look outside and you see a great storm coming, you know, in the dark clouds. You're allowed to tell a guy to bring the merchandise inside of the house in order to avoid financial damage. Why? Because the merchandise are mukseh. To tell the guy is a sudra banan, to avoid a huge financial loss is mutar. Another case. You share a backyard with your neighbor, okay? But you forgot to make an iruv, so therefore you can't carry in that backyard. However, you realize that you didn't have any halal for Shabbat, for the sake of Shabbat Shabbat. But you know, your neighbor made tons of halal. They were expecting guests and didn't come. You're allowed to tell a guy to carry for you rolls of halal or bread, whatever that may be, from your neighbor to bring it into your house through this backyard. Because carrying in the backyard is asur only midira banan. To tell the goy to do it is shbut dishbut, two dira banans. For the sake of Mazar, bringing the bread, that's mutar. I'll just give you, I know we're running out of time. I'll give you one last example. Let's say, by accident, your kids put on the radio on. And the radio is all staticky and it doesn't, you know, or, he, you know, they put on sometimes in the Goyzhi music by mistake. It was forgot on and it's making, you know, kids like to play. And they made a lot of noise and now the radio is blasting in the house. And you can't sit to have your meal with the Goyzhi music in the background and listening to these uh, people talk about all the nonsense on the radio. On Shabbat, you're allowed to call over a Goy and ask him to shut off the radio on Shabbat. Why? Shutting off the radio on Shabbat is Asumid de Rabbanan. Calling a goy to do it for you is also Asumid de Rabbanan. Shabbat, Shabbat, Letzorech Harbeh, as well as Letzorech Mizvah, then maybe it's going to be Mutar. Is this a black and white heter? No, like we said beforehand. This, you have to make sure that you don't have to come to such a point. If you need such, if you're stuck and you need to rely on such a heter in these cases, then you rely on them. Also, there's another exception. Razat Hashem will talk about it next week. We'll come back to the examples and we'll elaborate more on this halakha. Next week, Razat Hashem, Wednesday on the halakha hour here on jradio.com. This class will be aired on again tonight at 11 p.m. tonight. We want to give our thanks to Iran and the whole Jade Radio staff and to you for listening. And whoever has a question could call in 718-683-5858-347-927-8398. should have a Wonderful week. Bracha ve'atzlaha an-nahad from whatever you do.